What's up, guys? Welcome back to another Keeping It Real review. I'm your host, James, joined by Calvin and Jack today to review season one of Andor. Before we dive into the review, I just want to remind you all we are on Twitter at Keeping It Real UK. Give us a following from there. You can find links to all of our streaming platforms and social media on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Instagram, and TikTok, whichever app you use to listen to your podcast. Make sure to follow us, like us, or give us a five-star rating. We're also on YouTube, and we'd love to have you all as subscribers so you never miss another video. Uh, so Andor set a few years before Rogue One, uh, the story of rebel spy Cassian Andor's formative years of the rebellion and his difficult missions for the cause uh, with showrunner Tony Gilroy starring Diego Luna, Stellan Skarsgård, Genevieve O'Reilly and uh, I'm going to mess his name up, Adria Ar- Adria Arjona? Ar- I can I see them. Adrian Bix. Okay. He is uh, talented and wonderful, and I messed her name up. Um, Andor premiered on September 21st, 2022, and concluded on November 23rd. Uh, the series is 12 episodes long, currently sits at a 93% critic rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Jack, give us your thoughts, your spoiler free thoughts first on Andor. I'd argue that 93% is too low. um this yeah this show like when they like announced it i was like who gives a fuck about this why why like i'll watch it because it's star wars but like why why do i care and yeah i think after they dropped those first three episodes already i was like well this is the best show they've ever made (laughs) um i actually saw a clip just before this of um the book of boba fett where like i think it's like in the last episode where one of those uh, I can't remember what they're called. One of those guys who drives the Vespers. The mods. Yeah, yeah the mods. He's like being grabbed. Are they called the... mods? I don't know. It's just in... uh, they I actually have their... I they think they body. were called mods. Yeah, they modified think... their bodies. Oh, they yeah. God, that's terrible. It's the scene where he's being grappled by the Wookiee and then he like flings his arm off and then he does a spin and then he shoots. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, man, these, these shows come out like a year apart and they couldn't be... Diff more different in quality, <laughs> um, yeah. Like fucking St- Stellan Skarsgård is so good, and like the whole cast is fucking amazing. Uh, the fact that in like, the last three episodes, there's about five unreal monologues where someone's like, "Oh, that monologue was amazing." You have to be like, "Which one?" Because they're all fucking scene stealers. Um, I think they just did a real, like, a really good job of making me give a shit about Cassian Andor. Like, cause I really mm. didn't think that I would. Um. And oh, what's the actress's name? Marva, who's who plays Marva again? Uh, Fiona Shaw. Yeah, man, she was fucking incredible in this as well. I think just every like everything about it just really it it feels so Star Wars, but then it doesn't feel Star Wars because it feels so real, mm-hmm. and that's what I think it has over the other over the other shows and just general projects. Like it's, for me, it's probably like. I mean, you know what you know what I'm going to put above it, but for me, it's probably the second best thing they've done ever, regardless of shows or movies. Yeah, um, yeah, like you said, like when they announced this show, I was like, why, why are we picking Cassian? Um, because there is that the whole point of, oh, well, we know how his story ends. You watch this show, that doesn't even fucking matter. It's not about how his story ends, it's about how he gets there. Um, 
yeah, this is genuinely fucking incredible. We watched the first few episodes together. Well, we watched the first episode together, and then I watched the other two in secret. <laughs> yeah, because I couldn't. I couldn't wait for you. I couldn't wait. Um, this is genuinely um, one of my favorite Star Wars things ever. It's really brought back the love I have for this franchise. Um, like Last Jedi, it's made me look at the the whole uh, universe of Star Wars in such a different way. Um, Last Jedi sort of reworked how we look at the myths and the legends in in a story like this. And now Andor is given us that uh, boots on the ground perspective and what it feels like to be uh, just a person in the Star Wars universe with the Empire coming to power and and seeing because in the movies it's big acts of atrocities of you're blowing up planets and this this big evil but in this it's the it's the smaller things that the empire are doing which makes you see them in an even worse way um you know with torture and just taking taking over these planets uh, one by one, I thought all the performances were incredible. Like you said, the, the monologues was gone. That's the <laughs> <laughs> um, the monologues in the last few episodes. It'll are... be again, just to warn you. <laughs> uh, were absolutely stunning. Uh, honestly, a couple of them brought me to tears. There's this theme throughout of of climbing and rising above the oppression. Um, in the galaxy at this time and it's so beautifully written like it's like all the other shows have really relied on nostalgia cameos easter eggs to be like look you, you like star wars don't you look at all these cartoon characters we put in live action i'm like i don't care this means nothing to the story that you're telling this is just a good show it just happens to be set in star wars it's a show about people um yeah. Um, other than when we get to spoilers, that that's that's my thoughts. I I thought this was perfect. Uh, Calvin, what about you? Uh, yeah, I thought it was great. Um, I I would say I need to watch it again because I do think watching it weekly, I've probably forgotten some of the details because it 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 it's obviously rare to have a show now that is actually twelve episodes a season, a high mm. budget show anyway. So it feels like it's been on forever. <laughs> Um, you know, I'd argue for me personally that it's my favorite live action Star Wars thing. Like, it, in terms of TV shows and movies, they've probably done like better stuff in terms of like, I don't know, maybe like some of the games or books or whatever. Um, but yeah, I think it's better than I think it's literally better than anything they've done. And I feel like a lot of it comes down to you'll have people. You know, who I imagine older audiences are like, oh, it's not better than the original trilogy. But I do think a lot of that enjoyment is down to the nostalgia. If you like pick it apart and actually look at the way, you know, the narrative and the characters and even things down to the set design, how all that all is crafted and comes together. This is a way better story. The the other stories like this big, it's hard to compare, I guess, because it's like a big mythic hero's journey. Where yeah, it's like, a much Star Wars approach, at its core, yeah. essentially, like the main trilogies we've seen are basically that, with the prequels trying to do like a deconstruction of that, I guess. But mm -hmm. like this is more about 
you know the little people essentially the people yeah. that we can relate to um yeah what i love especially is how they like you said with the empire making it more like you know sort of a bureaucracy than anything which is what an empire would probably be at its core yeah it wouldn't just be they'd be committing mass atrocities but it would be it wouldn't all be done in the same way it wouldn't just be constantly oh let's just blow up planets without thinking mm. about anything <laughs> um and i more than that i liked um the way they frame rebellion yeah like yeah. characters like luthan like he's not a good man by any stretch he's trying to do make a better world but he's not but it takes a certain type of person to do these things you know he's he's actively betraying people betraying people on his own side to keep you know the core of his ideas intact mm. and i just think it's i don't know i just find it so much more relatable and i do think a lot of it i imagine a lot went into the casting of this yeah. show and i think more than anything i feel like the dialects they chose really help people feel real there's only mm. i can only really think of like cyril who's american but he has this sort of like muted blank way of speaking um which suits what they're trying to do with him like he he just um but then everyone else seemed to be uh mostly paling from like you know like britain in some way like you know you had scottish mostly english apart from like cassian obviously but because the actor's <laughs> not from there but i don't i feel like that with that coupled with you know having actual sets built it just made everything feel more just i guess this first time i've ever felt the star wars actually felt real and to be honest i actually didn't feel like this felt like a star wars show i think i said to you a couple of episodes in it's mad to me that they're talking about the emperor who's this dark wizard with lightning hands yeah it doesn't Whereas feel to me, like he should just be a man you mm. know and so to be honest i feel like it's it's quite hard for it to fit in with the rest of star wars i'm kind of having a hard time putting them all together in the same sort of canon if you like yeah. like i i kind of i kind of don't want it to be part of the other thing because it doesn't <laughs> to me it doesn't feel like star wars. it feels like a a sci-fi show based on rebellion i think you could take all the star wars out of it and still have the same show literally yeah. like the only thing that made it feel star wars to me is the way the, the blasters work <laughs> yeah. that, that's it that's the only thing i was like oh that's very star wars the way people just you know just ping off shots and it just sort of leaves a little scorch mark on people <laughs> well I, I actually thought um this is the first time in star wars where like blasters have really there's 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 like damage behind them you get shot once with a blaster and they're like dead Cassian blaster where it sort of had to like you know load up essentially like mm. it took a while to shoot that felt a bit more tangible but some of the other i don't know i think it's just an issue with blasters because nothing ever like goes like next season give me like a stormtroopers like blaster jamming or something you know <laughs> like just something like i'm like yeah that's that's, that's more the <laughs> but usually we are seeing yeah. just shots going off usually yeah, yeah. they're missing and this yeah. is you know characters that we've learned to connect with over a couple of episodes i mean a storm shot once and they're gone. i thought this time you know make them like super menacing and i had to watch one get headbutted again which was uh, <laughs> okay. 
I did notice that, and I was yeah, like, like, yeah, well, man, what are you going to no, do? No helmet, just headbutts one, and he's absolutely yeah, but, yeah, but that, that yeah, guy is a reinforced skull. Yeah. They must have... I did, they, I did they enjoy... Know, they must have, like, a trauma thing, like a, a reaction, <laughs> where, like, if you get any sort of trauma, the suit just knocks you clean out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I also I also enjoyed the one Stormtrooper getting fucking Spartan kicked off that off that tower. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> let's just... Let's dive into spoilers now, so if you haven't watched Andor, which I know a lot of you haven't because the numbers have been significantly lower than stuff like Mandalorian and Boba Fett, but please watch Andor. It is the, it's the best thing Disney have done with this license, uh, especially is, on Disney+. Plus. That is an issue with, like, intrinsically with film and TV. You know, you can have some of the best TV shows of all time and if it doesn't get just people watching it, it just gets cancelled. It is just, I would guess it's just a sad product of yeah, yeah. And, and, well, initially this was scheduled for five seasons. That's been condensed to yeah. two seasons. Which I'm sort of worried two. how. A lot I of mean, they can ch- they can change that, I guess. But this hasn't had it's had the critical success, but not what Disney want, which is most. They've already money. started production now, so I think it's too late to it's too yeah. late to change. And I'm it. worried about how they're trying to cover so many. Like I do like legacy spanning stories. Like when you jump years, but I feel like it, it might be, you know, it's a difficult thing to do. And I know people, by f- most people, don't like time jumps, but they can be done well. Obviously, we saw like House of the Dragon House do it well. Dragon, I thought it worked but, well, yeah. But fundamentally, most people don't like it. Like most people would rather do without it. I think this season has set that up um, enough so that will make sense in uh season two because in terms of the th- like three episode arcs three episode that. arcs yeah we are we're in this location three episodes we have a story in there obviously characters personal arcs and stories are progressing all the way through but um yeah like, we, we are in spoilers now so like first three episodes very sort of ferrix based then we go to aldani with the heist then it's set in the prison and then the last two episodes um the wrap-up, basically. The wrap-up, yeah, we're mainly back on uh, Ferrix. But I thought that's that's a good way to structure the show. So if we are going into season two, where every three episodes is going to be a different year, I think that'll make sense. And I, I, after the work they did on this season, I've no hesitation that they're going to knock it out of the park again. Yeah, yeah, I think they've just got such a grip on what this show has to be. What the future of Star Wars is now, because this is such like a... That are sort of like it stands out so much to me. Yeah. Than anything they do afterwards now. I'm I'm not sure I'm gonna I if really they hope go, they, they look just go at the this route and... of like another Disney esque sort of um easygoing Jedi story. I don't know if I can get on board with it. No. Because this is now this is like this is my type of story. Yeah. But I don't know. It's... This is beyond anything I thought they were ever capable of. Yeah. This is beyond anything I thought Star Wars was capable of. This is it, it exceeds what has uh, come before. And maybe we can get both, like because the critical reception for this has been better than anything Disney yeah. have done with Star Wars so far. It's difficult when they build a universe and it's all technically happening in the same one. I find it hard to separate how is this part of the universe, has this general sort of feeling and this sort of like vibe and characters who are very like... They feel like characters, not like real people. And you have this side, which feels so sort of, I don't know, like in a way, I'd say it feels 
a bit more like like the hope in this one feels a bit more like stringent, I guess. Whereas yeah, you know, Star Wars it always feels like everything's big and they're gonna win. I think that could work though. I think you can have two sides of that coin where you we are allowed the more fun, fantastical shows and movies and then this more grounded approach because like the Marvel stuff, a lot of them are all the same now and I'm getting fed up. It's it's very uniform. But I think maybe with Star Wars we can have we can have that difference. We can have a bit for everyone because there there is such a war uh, between fans feels, of Star it feels Wars. Hard to think of it in the same sort of continuity. Yeah, I get I get what you mean, but I, uh, we all we all come to Star Wars for different things, don't we? So I think that it would it could be a good way to approach it. Just yeah, going down different avenues, uh, exploring different tones. Um, we should talk about. There's many different perspectives in Andor it's not all from Cassian's point of view um obviously he he is our main protagonist but we focus on Luthen played by Stellan Skarsgård a lot uh Mon Mothma played by Genevieve O'Reilly and then we've we've got stuff on Ferrix with um Cassian's mother this friend slash possible love interest at some point in Bix and I again, I was invested in all the characters. It it would we'd we'd switch focus, and it's never like oh fine we we need a few minutes on on this story. Every time I was excited because it was exploring a different a different side of this rebellion. Cassian was the the reluctant one who gets he, he's he's roped in for selfish reasons, and then by the end he's transformed. He sees that this isn't something you can just keep running away from, and you, you can't just look down. You need to you know, this is affecting everyone and you need to stand up and fight. You've got the perspective of Mon Mothma, where it's a senator who's trying to make some real difference behind the scenes, uh, maybe going down some shady, shady lanes. And then um, Luther, I think we can agree, is one of the most fascinating characters, um, not only on the show, but I think in Star Wars in general, where he's, like you said, Calvin, he is this, he's, he's, he's a force for real change, but to execute that change, you need to do some not so good things. He's not a hero. Yeah, I'm I'm glad they like because you see a bit of it in Rogue One of like the rebellion not being just these like straight up heroes. Like mm-hmm. at the beginning of Rogue One, where Cassian kills that guy who gives him the information because all the stormtroopers come and he's not going to be able to like get out with him, so he just kills him. Like. The bit with Luthen when he's talking to like his ISB informant, I think is one of the best scenes in Star God, Wars yeah. in general. Like, like this man has like literally fucking burned his life down. For so a that... sunset you'll never see. Yeah. Oh. Oh, what, a, what a fucking quote. But like he's he's basically not ruining his he's basically made it so he has to live this life. He has to make these decisions for other people. Mm-hmm. Because he's the he's he feels like he's the only one who's who can make them. But yeah, because well, he clearly comes from. Choices. He's he's got the resources, he's got the wealth, um, but he yeah he's not able to utilize that for a for a happy life because of what is going on in the galaxy, and he's decided to put those resources towards uh changing changing the future and starting the rebellion. Yeah. And like he's so I, like. I know in the show he runs this like what like it's like a shop, isn't it? What do they say? Like an antique store, yeah. Yeah. 
I'd love to know more about like his background before that because like all the shit that he does, like the bit like the, especially the bit when he escapes the Empire when they're trying to like board his ship, mm-hmm. like you great know, set piece. Yeah, the, the the man owns an antique store, but like where did he learn? Do, where did he learn all this stuff? I think I think I I don't know. I feel like us knowing more about him in his past would sort of take away from the character now. Because he is where he is now. Yeah. I don't think we need to know. No, I I like in like we I feel like we've got enough. We know who this guy is. Yeah, I don't, don't think really it, I don't to... think it's that it's that kind of I don't think it's that kind of show. I feel yeah. like I feel like Andor is placed they probably picked Cassian Andor to be this character because essentially at the time we're meeting him, he is the fish out he is the fish out of water. Like he's essentially Harry Potter of the Star Wars world. Like everyone's showing him around. Like this is the rebellion. Like and he's like, oh, I didn't know about all this stuff going on. <laughs> Pretty much. And then, then I think he acts as the sort of pillar to prop everyone else up. Because I do think, as as they've made him more fascinating, but I do think he is the sort of just the face, and everyone else around him is a little bit more interesting. And I, I. That usually happens to be the case. Usually, and that's not a bad thing. He's still a good character, but he, you just need someone to sort of be that yeah. character. I, I did find that, like to be everyone's eyes, and then yeah. it props everyone else up. Yeah, I, I did find watching it like in some of the episodes where he's well, he's obviously in the mall, but he's not like featured as heavily. Like most things, I would find that like I want to see more of the main character. But in this, I was like, everyone else is so good, especially um. Mon Mothma again. I didn't think I'd ever give a fuck about Mon Amazing. Mothma. Amazing. She is so good in this. Um, give Genevieve just, O'Reilly a fucking movie. <laughs> yeah, just yeah. Give me a Mon Mothma movie, and I'll fucking, I'll fucking be there day one. <laughs> um, just seeing like, you know, like we've only really seen her in like Rogue One and the original trilogy as like essentially the leader of this rebellion, but you have no idea how she gets there. And seeing, like, in this show, just the personal sacrifices that she has to make. Yeah, with it, stuff with her family. heartbreaking. Like, yeah. she, has to, um, she has to allow her daughter to sort of go down these horrible traditions of, of her culture just so she can hide what she's really doing. She has to allow that to happen. Yeah. So people and... won't suspect her of, you know, going against... The Empire, and yeah, it's so sad, and the performance is incredible. And she's in like this marriage with this fucking prick, yeah, who utilizes the fact that she's never around to basically turn their daughter against her. Anyway, do yeah. we know is is it like pre-established? Why why is her husband such a dickhead? Has he been in like other stuff? Like think, the shit? No, I think, it's, I, think it's, just, I think he's just sort of just an asshole. Yeah, yeah. If you. If you look at it from like his point of view, though, like up until a point, you sort of see that she is a. Obviously, she's she's the same thing. She's basically doing. It's like you can sort of look at it as maybe like an earlier version of what Luthen had to sacrifice. Yeah. To sort yeah, of do maybe. to sort of be a part of this thing. It's not just you can't just be happy and have your family around. You don't just rise up and overthrow the government in a day, and everyone's <laughs> like jumped, and everyone jumps around and there's a and there's a um. In the background, there's a LGBT kiss that they could could cut if a country is not happy about it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think like as well. I'm interested uh, to see like where her story goes in terms of 
like we never see her family in anything else. So the context like, that this is going to give don't really us. See, we don't really see her in anything else, to be honest. Well, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> she just, she just, she says a really like, she, she turns up looking like a ghost. <laughs> says something. She's, she's, she's always in the Star Wars film, she's always lit up like one of the elves in Lord of the Rings. Yeah, yeah. Good yeah, for her, though. Voice. Like, she got cast <laughs> in episode three. She was in a deleted scene. We didn't see it. She gets brought back for Rogue One for a couple of moments. And then in this, just gives the performance of a fucking lifetime. I think she's incredible. I, I can't wait to see how we get to, you know, Mon Mothma we know. More characters that are in Rogue One in season two, like the guy, you know, like um, Andor's sort of captain, who is the one who goes and tells him to kill Galen Erso, because he was quite an interesting. Oh character. yeah, um, oh, Headmaster yeah. Groff from yeah. Sex Education. Um, they could get they could get um the guy who plays Sir Barristan back. <laughs> yeah, well we know yeah. we're getting K two S O in season two. Um, which that, yeah. stick me just let me have B two just like. Man, that he is B2 my favorite droid. R two D two, you will always just, have my heart, my sweet, droid. sweet boy. But B two, what a performance! I need to. I was gonna find out who um voiced him because yeah, there was a lot of emotion in in that. It's fucking beautiful, like a dro- the the droid made me cry. Dave Chapman um puppeteered and uh did the vocal performance for b2 and yeah bravo because it's his little stutter that just breaks my heart when marva dies and he's just, i want mama ma, ma, marva oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah me I too also, man i love the bit as well like in in the last episode when that like imperial officer tips him over i was like they're all fucked the, yeah and, and they he's all a riot. Off. I, i've been fucking <laughs> spraying the air like, i'm gonna fucking kill you <laughs> That was the first time in Star Wars as well where I genuinely felt like sort of pumped and angry, and I would in I was feeling like yeah no yeah it was a rousing was, speech like, and I was yeah. there like up my chair going yeah fucking like yeah, yeah go you didn't have to rouse me but yeah. I also loved that in this so it's like a bit backtracking but we saw different offshoots of the Empire in terms of like the corpos and stuff yeah. Like these other sort of corporate entities, which are sort of you know feeding off the smaller people. Yeah, like I enjoyed that. I don't want it to just be one huge. Like I, I like the subsets. It's not always of, just stormtroopers. It's yeah. the galaxy-spanning empire. That's not just gonna be, you know, the man with the sparkly hands, like in his robot. There stepser. are there are actually people that believe <laughs> in the empire. <laughs> and are doing some really evil shit. Like one of one of our antagonists, uh, Dedra. Um, I think when we're at the start of the show, obviously we're not really we're not rooting for anyone in in the Empire or the ISB. Um, but there, I, I, there was a part of me where I'm like, she, where she's going sort of up the ranks. I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah. prove prove yourself, prove yourself, girl. And then uh, it gets to it. I'm like, oh god, no, you are fucking. Even- Evil. Yeah, no, I, I, I had the exact, Great. I had the exact same thought. I was like, like early on when she's going like toe to toe with that other officer, I was like, yeah. oh, fuck you, man. Like, yeah, fucking show him. Give Dedra a chance. And then like halfway through, I was like, Dedra, you're a bitch, man. I hope you fucking when, die. It, I, I was, <laughs> when she starts torturing Bix, which, uh, 
broke my heart, especially right. when that comes back in the last episode when Cassian saves her and he's right. come on, we got to go. Angry. And she goes, no, we're gonna, we'll make them angry. Make them angry. Like, no. But even when they um betray the way they betray Dedra and other like she is obviously like a, she's meant to be a bad person, but she's still they make her they make all the characters so human. She's still got friends. Yeah. She still gets on with people. She still likes people. It's not that like they're cold, but that but the sort of system they're in is cold. But the people could be quite warm, and they seem like they could have the capacity to change, which obviously you see with you know the certain moles and stuff within the empire. They're not everyone in the empire, and the guy from the heist, the guy who's actually de- defected over to the rebellion, sort of yeah, he sort yeah. of letting them in. Like I love all that stuff. It just makes everything feel more human and like you know, the people you might be killing on the other side might just be the same as you, but they've just fallen into the wrong, you know, the, mm. it's like the, the thing where, like, you know, like the matter of good and evil is dependent on what side you're standing on. Yeah. Um, Talking about the evil side, um, along with Dedra as well, we have uh, Cyril, who... A, a fascinating character and performance, but what a fucking worm of a bloke. Like, <laughs> I, I hate Absolute, him, but I yeah. love watching him. Yeah. You're just uh, constantly waiting for him to... He always looks like he's going to finally snap. Yeah. They play to him, he's holding on. Because his... Mm. That, like, talk about like someone acting with your eyes. Like He is such Very an insane-looking man. Yeah. And I feel like he has such a weight with how he looks, but also his voice. And how he his voice, his demeanor, yeah, um, like um, all informed. I quite liked like the sort of like Oedipus Rex relationship with his mother, and I saw a lot of people criticizing his character because obviously he doesn't actually. He spends like eight episodes just at home. Yeah, but I kind yeah. of, I kind of just liked that slow burn and them having like those sort of con- like you know, you finally understand like why he is the way he is because mm, yeah, his mother is just so overbearing and just like basically runs his entire life and just those conversations they have over breakfast and if he does something to make her proud she gives him a bit more cereal <laughs> yeah i guess it's, it's yeah. messed up yeah. well, i just thought like like for, from the first three episodes i thought it was going to be like you know they have the three episode arc and it was going to be almost like a game of like cat and mouse like cyril turning up and cassie and just getting away every time yeah and i was like yeah this guy is like this is like a good villain to have but then yeah like there are like three episodes in a row where all he does is eat cereal yeah (laughs) i think his whole character point though is to sort of show how seductive something like the empire could be because you watch the star wars films you're like i don't know why these people would be doing this are they all just evil like why does it make any (laughs) sense that they're just evil but you kind of get why he would find solace in this thing he's someone who has been brought up with basically being a disappointment. Everything's about order. Even like his mother's house is so sterile and and sort of clean. And then he mm-hmm. was obviously in like one of the corpos, so he's used to he's he's he he's one of those people who thrives on order. And why would you not join something that literally encapsulates all of that? Mm-hmm. I, I think it makes so much sense because and it kind of just. I think his that is the point of his character to show finally why people go over to the Empire and, and it's not just clones. Where do we think the relationship between Cyril and Dedra is going to go? 
in season I think two she's because... going to use him. She's going to be the manipulator, but he's yeah. going to have genuine feelings for her, and it's all going to yeah. But, well, he, apart, there, there was that scene where he, he's semi stalking her, um, and he he says like you know like meeting you has made me realize like my purpose, and I I yeah. I see your your drive, and that is motivating me to be better and be more. Because he is he's resourceful, but easy manipulated. Like he found yeah. Cassian. He's the guy who sort of got Dedra on this flown thing. But she's manipulative enough to sort of. I think she's going to see that. I don't think they're going to allow to have a relationship. From his point, I... of view, they might. from hers, from his point of view, they might. That's yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Business and using him. Mm-hmm. Was I the only one who, in the last episode, thought we were genuinely going to get our first like Star Wars bang? I, yeah, I, thought I were, didn't there, think there was it. no, that was me out. There was like yes. a there, there, please, there was like twenty <laughs> seconds of silence, and then just staring. And I was like, man, we're going to watch five minutes of them just fucking. This show has <laughs> been throwing me curveballs all the way through. Just fuck. yeah, because apparently, like in you know, in Marva's speech when she says like fight the Empire. I saw that Tony Gilroy said that that was like the only thing they changed because originally it was fuck the empire. So why I was they, like, why can't they just do it? I like, don't know. So such, I, like most was, people would be fine with that. Yeah. You know? I think we uh, we got our first Star Wars shit in this movie, didn't we? And bastard, we got a few yeah. bastards as well. It was great. Again, well, just every, making every, it feel more real. Every, 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 every time, every time next, they swore. Next season, I was like, going, just like there's going to be people like in battle, just like scared and they're going to shit in themselves. You know, people are going to be like pissing everywhere in the back. This is so real. (laughs) They'll probably do like another like Mandalorian uh, in like in like season three or something, like with Luke Skywalker, and he's just going to call someone a cunt. That would no save all the save all that for Andor. Mandalorian's too fun and flashy. We we want to save all the fucks for for Andor. Yeah, I would. I definitely would be surprised if. Uh, Tony Gilroy hadn't like he's obviously a Star Wars fan but I wouldn't be surprised if he hadn't like read any of the books because the way this flowed felt very like chapters and I, 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 I think he's a Star Wars fan and, as like as yeah, all movie fans are but I don't think felt like, like really it felt in terms it. of like the way they wrote it it felt like like you know in books you've got more time and this felt like they were very conscious of that trying to really dig into characters and slow moving everything's a bit more slow moving it's not just like we got to quickly jump from big thing to big thing to big thing which obviously yeah. the film sort of have to do because you don't got enough time but but again, like yeah, that's the thing we're not jumping from set piece to set piece to set piece we'll we'll get a set piece every sort of th- every three episodes yeah. um so we we have sort of like the uh the chase on ferrix uh, the heist on Aldani, the prison break, and then the riot in the uh, in the last episode, and then in in between we've we've got that um, we talked about it, but the the small sort of space battle with Luthen, um, yeah. which was amazing. Um, let's talk let's talk about the prison um arc though, because that's where I felt the show really transformed for me and became exceptional. It, it was great up until then. But when Andy Serkis appeared, I was like, "Oh shit, okay, that's uh, that's a surprise." Uh, and then, obviously, we we don't like his character at the start. He transforms over three episodes um, when he realizes that they're not getting out of this prison. They are this is slave labor because um, obviously 
Cassian got arrested for absolutely nothing six years, and then they find out um, because someone got transferred to another block by accident. Yeah. Um, they've realised they're never getting out of that prison. Th- and that that uh, switches in Andy Serkis is like, we've got to get the fuck out of here. The, um, in the prison, the sort of voice telling them what to do, they've obviously like dubbed it to make it sound so menacing. And then yeah. when you finally see the guys doing like, it, yeah, like a little like weasel. two worms. Yeah. <laughs> they, they don't even like, they don't even really want to hurt people one-on-one. But no. that's how, like, that's how the Empire operates. They're doing things to people, but they're so far removed from them. They never see them. Mm. It's literally it's literally nothing to them. Well, that's it. Cassian's like, nobody's listening to this. We can, we can say whatever we want to. Nobody's listening to our conversation right now because they don't care. We're here. We're not getting yeah, out. Yeah, that, that was, like, my favourite scene when he's, like, trying to, like, rouse everyone and then they're like being like shut up and he's just like screaming he's like they're not listening yeah because they're so like they're so as well it's like arrogance as well they don't like you know they they think they're in complete control and therefore yeah. they kind of take their foot off the clutch because they just don't they they think they're um defeat they're unbeatable okay, yeah cassian says that in one of the first episodes is like they're not looking they're not they're not looking like i can sneak in in a uniform that they're also that he says uh they're so um fat and satisfied fat and satisfied they'd never think someone like me would ever get inside their house the yeah. writing on this show yeah. is just it's fucking ridiculous it's perfect. so good it's just, um, that, that's like with as well with him getting arrested yeah it's just ridiculous that he gets arrested for nothing even though he actually has just committed one of the biggest crimes like on the empire's radar. but he gets arrested but they yeah but they, they have no idea know. They've got no idea who they've got. Basically. Again, they've brilliant. Got They're looking for this guy for so long, and he's just and in one of their already, prisons. And they've and already he, got him. Yeah. They have no idea. Uh, yeah, that prison break um, episode I thought was phenomenal, and the build up to that because uh, the episode prior we get the Cassian's always asking uh, Kino like how many guards, how many guards we need to get out of here, and he's no, 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 it's never going to happen. And then when Andy Serkis realizes and never more than twelve, I stood up and I fucking uh, clapped. I, was like, I, got, I, got, go. I got I got chills. I got chills as you repeating. <laughs> never more than so twelve. Fucking good. It's so good. About the prison, but the one thing that confused me a little bit is when Cassian arrives at the prison, the shuttle they're in has like sort of slits and windows. You can clearly see that it's surrounded by water. Yeah. But then Andy Serkis' character at the end obviously realizes that they're in water and he can't swim, which is a great moment. But then I was thinking, like, where was he? I, like, like, I don't I think it's I don't, an I, I, I don't, don't think, think it's the idea of him being like, oh, I didn't realize we were in water. He's I getting he... everybody else out. Yeah, I don't think it's anything to do with He's him getting not... his men out. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because he does say, yeah, okay. But I like there's, that, that it, moment it, of the realization that he is yeah. dead. And I know, like, people were like, even Tony Gilroy apparently said, like, oh, you don't know if he's dead. But I was like, don't do that. I, I hope they don't bring him back. I hope we never yeah. find out what happened to Keenan Lloyd. Yeah, yeah that's but the best I, I thought his delivery of when he's like, can't swim, that wasn't a, oh, oh well, I'm fucked. It was a, I got you to this point. This is me. Yeah, I finally, I, the, I think the realization finally hit him, though. You can see in his face that he's finally like, this is it. But I think like there is, when, there's, the when there you're is faced, this. The when you're like, faced with the end, you, know, you don't yeah. know until you get there and he's, and he's going to be like, I feel like, yeah, there is that as well, but I, I do feel like... There know, is some joy there, though, that dead. he's accomplished this for his his men and everyone else in this yeah, prison. He is... Because yeah. he was the one to, one. you know, get everyone amped up, and he was he was on the he was on the mic 
getting everyone getting everyone jazzed for a prison break. And I th- that was a, a yeah a beautiful scene. Yeah, and then the other ones we, fucking... we actually see escape. We don't know how many got out, but obviously we have Cassian and we have Melshi who was on his team in the prison. Melshi's also in Rogue One. Uh, so when they part ways, we know eventually they are going to come back. Does he die, Melshi? I can't literally probably I can't. I remember. think he dies. Yeah, no, he does die in Rogue One. Um, but he's the soldier who initially breaks Jin out of prison at the beginning of the movie. Where does he die in Rogue One? Do you remember? Uh, just on the he on Scarif at the end. Yeah. He dies, dies at Scarif. Yeah. Um, yeah, so obviously season two is going to be the, the build-up to Rogue One, tackling a different year every few episodes. Can't wait for that. It's, they're shooting it right now. It's going to be um, 2024. I, I, am, I am like gutted they're not doing the full five. Imagine yeah. full five seasons of it. And like, there are things that like, I just think need more time. Like for example, like Luthen, because like you know, I know I know he's been created for this fucking show, but you know, no one ever talks about him. He's not in anything else. Like he, like surely at the end of this story, he dies. Yeah, so surely, I feel like to do like, and then all of the Mon Mothma stuff. I feel like the Mon Mothma stuff needs to keep that slow burn until it all fucking crumbles like around her. It depends what the and stakes are know. in season two, I think. Well, her trajectory is basically she's going to get found out in some way and then she goes yeah. fully rebellion. And then afterwards she becomes the... Starts wearing so blankets and shit. She becomes the leader of the New Republic. Yeah. yeah. Um, and like just all the shit with their family and stuff. Um, yeah, I just think like... I'm obviously excited for season two after this because this has been absolutely immense. But I just think like... I really hope it's enough for them, because I'm really I, I I'm just sitting here now just thinking about all the shit they've got to do. I don't know if it is. I no, I think I I think they did such an excellent job on this. I I don't think Tony Gilroy is going to have a problem, um, with season two. It, it'll come at it from the from the right I think, way. I think. Then keep giving. Just give this man a blank check and just tell him to make more stuff. Well, you know, many many people wants. don't know, but Tony Gilroy basically did a lot of Rogue One. That director, he directed a lot of it as well. That director switch wasn't as public as stuff like the Solo um, debacle, but uh, Tony Gilroy did do a lot of Rogue One because they weren't fully happy with what Gareth Edwards was doing. So there are, are, obviously, I don't know which parts of Rogue One. Apparently a lot of the third act, um, which I think is the best stuff in Rogue One. Um, so that makes that makes sense. Um, but let's rate this out of five. Uh, Calvin, you can go first. Uh, yeah, I'll give it a five. I thought it was great. I finally felt that, you know, I finally felt that, like, you know, Star Wars growing up, that was for me growing up, you know. But now, as an adult, I feel like this is my You're at the right age Star to Wars. really appreciate yeah. something like this. Um, yeah. And just the stories I tend to enjoy anyway. Um one, if I had to write, retract to one thing, I do feel for me personally, just some of the episodes ended before I wanted them to, but that's more so that I wanted more in a good way. <laughs> right, yeah. It wasn't like, oh, that wasn't satisfying in any way. They just sort of like ended, and I was just like, every week I couldn't. Oh, I really wait, wanted, I... yeah, I really wanted more. But I, I yeah, thought it was a good I definitely strategy. feel like, I really feel like this is gonna, I think the show actually might be better watching it all in sort of just one after another yeah i feel like it'll be easier to catch all the little details 
mm-hmm. but they actually went in to put in the show. So yeah, five, five, Jack. Yeah, five. I don't think I've said a single. I'm trying. I'm trying to be impartial as well. Like give like positives and negatives, but I don't. I literally don't have any. Fuck it, man. Love it if you love it. Like yeah, it's fucking. They've made me give a shit about a character who yeah, I enjoyed the movie he was in, but I didn't care and I didn't want to see any more. And now, yeah, like I want the full five seasons, but we're not gonna get it. But yeah, five fucking five stars. Yeah, uh, (laughs) all five seasons. Do all five. Uh, yeah, easy five out of five. Um, I knew it from the first three episodes. I was like, this is my kind of shit. Uh, not the biggest Rogue One fan in the world. Cassian couldn't have cared. I like Diego Luna, but that character did nothing for me in this. He's I'll genuinely become one of my favorites of the whole saga. Um, yeah, truly exceptional shit. Uh, so that is a five from all of us here at Keeping It Real for Andor. Um, Sugar, hopefully Reese will come along and we'll give it a Reese one. will <laughs> bring that average down. I'm not sure where Reese is in the show. Um, but when he's finished it, we'll we'll talk about it on a podcast, get his get his thoughts at some point. Uh that is it for our review of Andor. Thank you for joining us. We'll be back next week uh with more reviews and another episode of our podcast. You can head to our YouTube channel, hit that subscribe button, check out our reviews of Black Panther, we're kind of forever. And the menu. We also had a podcast last week where we talked about Indiana Jones 5, the Elon Musk Twitter debacle, Call of Duty Warzone, did a couple of quizzes. That was fun. Uh, this week, we're going to have reviews for Glass Onion, Bones and All, Strange World, and the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special, and another episode of our podcast. But until then, keep it real.